You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with White Lies. They're a group that's consistently getting better with each album, and their latest album is no exception. That album is called Five, and on it we find White Lies solidifying their sound while also adding new colors to their palette. A few weeks back, I caught up with them while they were in New York to play a highly anticipated sold-out show at Irving Plaza, and it was just great getting to be with them again. Within this episode, we go into their career, the work that went into Five, and the stories behind the standout songs off the album. This is the 405 Exchange with White Lies. Enjoy. So I want to go backwards a little bit to when we first met, which was around the big TV tour. Yeah. You guys came here and you did a bunch of shows, and it's my I've been familiar with your music for all, but it was my first time seeing you guys live. Yeah. And getting to see that album come to life was really cool. I bring that tour up and that album because I feel your career since then has been kind of influenced from what you experienced on that album. Would that be fair to say? I think that's very fair yeah. to say. I think I think that um, I think that in some ways, like the second album. Ritual, much as some of our fans like it, it was a slight misstep, maybe. Although, you know, in hindsight, perhaps a, a misstep that we had to make in order to get where we are now. And I think that Big TV was us kind of regaining a little bit of control over really where it was we wanted to go. And I think since then... I think it's probably fair to say that the second album was a catalyst for all of that, actually. Like, yeah, as you, yeah, so you're right, it did start on Big TV, but, this, but we realised how we wanted to work on Big TV because of the second album. Yeah. I think we realised quite quickly, like, within a few, even a few months of that album coming out, yeah. that we'd just made a few missteps. Yeah, like Charles said, like, we, we kind of focused on the wrong things when we made that album. We, we, we kind of, we got really invested in the way that everything sounded and, and trying to do stuff that was really kind of experimental and pushing the boundaries sonically, but we didn't really have the songs to back, back it up. And I think... On big TV, we stripped all of that back and mm. really tried to focus on the songwriting and and the demos that we delivered to Ed when we first started working on big TV were so incredibly basic for that reason. Like we really restricted ourselves to like one key, probably too much actually in the way it went too much the other way. But we yeah. like one shitty keyboard sound drum and machine. like a shitty yeah. drum machine sound, and that was all we allowed ourselves yeah, to use. Yeah, I don't think we played any guitar on any no. of those demos on big TV or anything like that. It was like. Yeah, we just went back to kind of we need yeah we need to focus on the songs and this is just the best way of exposing a song, uh, you know, to make a good judgment on whether it's good or good or not. And I think um, since then we've found more of a balance. Yeah, we, like we yeah. know when we're disappearing up our asses in terms of the sounds. Yeah. And um and we know what songs are good basically. Yeah. yeah, that's really beautiful to hear you guys talk so candidly about that experience because I feel like what I've gotten from this album that you released five and with uh, friends and with big TV, like that trajectory, I feel like that element of growth has been very omnipresent throughout the songs. And I feel like it's also been important for you lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, yeah. And I think we've, I think the albums have got better since big TV. The first album was kind of an anomaly. Like it was just super lucky. And I think, <laughs> and I think, and I think it's, it's born out of the fact that, and I think everyone would say this, like when you make your first album, you have your whole life up until you go into the studio for that album to, to, to write those songs. And we we pulled songs from all sorts of different places for that album and, yeah. and, and we you know we had some songs on that record that we'd written 
five years before before we went in to record the album in a different sort yeah. of state yeah and some that we'd some that we'd written literally on the day on like, the day yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. you fully yeah. act on instincts like when it's the first time you do anything you're acting so much on in- yeah. instinct yeah like, there's no second putting, guessing yeah you can't it's like as soon as as soon as something goes really well though and with record labels especially and they're like so something we did a little bit by chance and a little bit with collaboration of people who just came together at the right time like their next thought is right how do we immediately repeat that success and actually, that's when you when you start second guessing is when you start finding things trickier. I think, and mm. the label were never quite as happy, and they couldn't they wouldn't back stuff in the same way on our, on our second album that they did on our first album. Maybe because the songs weren't as good, but maybe maybe because we overthought like everything that happened. Yeah, and we were so lucky on the second album to have the song bigger than us. Yeah, because it basically just gave us enough to stick in there mm-hmm. with the industry and with and with playing the shows and stuff and kept us in people's minds I guess and uh, so I think that's the reason we're, we're sort of still here so uh, going into this album Viewers 5 I'm really curious to find out where the band was after your touring for the previous record uh, that was Friends yeah? Yeah. yeah 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 where were you guys in a creative sense like how were you feeling what were you thinking I, I personally remember well, I personally think of this of the making of this album as the most um, probably like the most relaxed and like the most enjoyable um, from from start to finish that we've ever had. That's not to say that there, of course, wasn't like so wasn't in the country. Lots, yes, <laughs> you weren't in the country. Uh, that's not to say that there wasn't, of course, a lot of like frustration as well with with writing. But that is going to happen. Doesn't matter when you, or what state you're in. Yeah. Songwriting is extremely frustrating. Um, a lot of the time um, but once you accept that you you don't start you just don't beat yourself up about it too much um, and the, you know the other thing is is that whenever you start um, I, I, I think I find that with us like and I'm, I, I, maybe other people would say the same is when you start writing an album I feel like you write you usually write one good song quite quickly and then nothing for like so long <laughs> And so you, so you so you get this sort of full sense of security. You haven't done much writing in ages, and you, you start again, and then you write something, and you're like, still got it, great, like this will be easy, we're good, we're good. And then suddenly four weeks go by, and you haven't written a thing, and it's like, oh, you know, what's going to happen? Um, but having said that, like, I think we were just quite relaxed about it. We were we were okay with that, and we took a long time. We probably took about at least, I feel like six months in total not not in one go because harry was toing and froming from and throwing from california a bit but um it just felt yeah it just felt pretty enjoyable and um like because of our experiences certainly with friends where we um we kind of took the reins in quite a major way for the first time that we were a lot more confident um able to make quite sort of mature and objective decisions over the over the songwriting, over the production, um, I think that's one of our greatest um, qualities as a band is that we're very good critics of ourselves now. Not we weren't perhaps back in the day, but I, I feel like we're we're really good now um, at identifying when stuff needs work, even if it's quite late in the day. Like, and even if it's sort of we'd had a bunch of people say we love this, this is a great song or whatever, I, I feel like we still have the ability to kind of pinpoint a little thing and go that could be better though that could be improved whereas perhaps other bands would kind of just roll with it a bit more yeah i think the album you just released is a great showcase everything you just described especially that last bit and you know 
something that really interested me is how I got to experience this album, Verse 5. It's nine songs, but you could tell you allowed yourself to take your songs as far as they could. Like, it mm. didn't feel like it was a thing of, like, a song's runtime had to be this or that. Yeah. <laughs> it had to extrapolate so much. It felt like you very much allowed that the songs to live. Mm. Yeah, we, yeah we, I think we, we learned a lot about that on Friends as well. Like... Um, I th- yeah, I think like we we compromised a bit more on friends, and we felt I think I felt that, that perhaps we didn't need to do that. Like there's some of the demos are so much wilder than the, than the songs ended up as. Mm. And on this album, we we really followed the the demos through to their conclusion. I think yeah, and, and really just left all the mad mad stuff in basically. Yeah, <laughs> and and just kept going with it, you know. And um, I'm really pleased that we did that because it was a very satisfying album to make for that reason. Um, yeah, that's yeah, and I think also we didn't really focus on trying to make trying to make the whole album super coherent. Like the songs, I think differ quite a lot from each other. There's a lot of variants on the album, and a lot of different, like a lot of different feels. The, the music to me feels like it's drawn from a lot of different eras, and, and it and it kind of all comes together quite well in the end. Mm. Um, and that's something I think we sh- we'll continue to do. I mean, I love bands, but something that I feel is so vital is when bands allow themselves to do certain things. And I use that descriptor allow because I feel like one of the weird things about the framework of a band and like rock music as like a descriptor is that it could be quite limiting. So I think the bands that end up enduring, the bands that end up transcending and continuing are the bands that allow themselves to do certain things. Yeah. Like in the context of what you guys have described, it, I listened to it and I'm like, wow, they very much allow their creativity to like take them in different directions. Yeah. I think we're very, we're a very unbandy band. Like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel almost... I don't know, it's just, I feel like we approach writing and, and making songs more like a singer-songwriter would. Like, it's not, um, because because when we're working on a song, it's not kind of like, okay, well, what part will you play? Because you're the bass player and you're the, you know, you're the drummer, so what, we, we have to write your part kind of thing. It's just, let's just write a really good song and we'll figure all that other stuff out yeah. at a later date. And I think... That that's quite an unconventional. You know, the, I I wouldn't imagine that, Foles. you know, Foles or the Strokes or any or any really bands that I consider to be very bandy bands would work that way. I'm sure it's more like, well, yeah, I'm gonna stand here with my guitar and and I'll play a part which I you know which I'm gonna contribute to the song. Yeah. Um, whereas with us, it's just like, let's make the yeah, let's make the best possible song and and and, and recording and production, and we'll just cross the bridge of who the hell's gonna do what when we come to it. Um, and you know, I think that's a really great way to be. Well, it de- it depends what kind of thing you want to want to produce. And I think that, um, you know, it the kind of music that we make benefits from that approach. But I think if you know, Rage Against the Machine were to try and <laughs> write in that way, it would be absolutely awful. Like you know, some bands are. Are a kind of combination of each of each individual, and they and they jam, and, and it's the energy, but you know, from jamming together that produces music. Um, we've we've never been like that, and I think um, instead of trying to do that and trying to be more like a band, we've just played to our strengths and gone. Well, what if we're not very good at that? What are we good at? And we, you know, we're good at actually quite old school arrangement and um, and really like digging into a song and kind of figuring out how to present it in the best possible way. Um, even if that's perhaps not as like explosive as, as perhaps, it, you know, some, some bands that, that jam stuff out in a room end up with. 
No, I think that definitely comes across. I want to start asking about some of the songs off the album. I mean, let's go into Time to Give, which is the first single from the album. It also kicks off the entire album. Um, you've had the chance to talk about this song at length. So finding myself to ask about, oh, how it was made or like all the inspirations is kind of boring to me, honestly. But I would rather want to ask, how do you feel about the song now that it's been out in the world and now that you've had a chance to see people's reactions? Because... So what's interesting about being a band in the space that you guys are in now and the world they are in now is that you can see people's reactions in real time, yeah. whether it's online or at a show. Do you ever find that changing how you feel about songs? And I would like to hear it in regards to this particular song. I think we were very nervous, like, before releasing it. Yeah. I mean, I remember talking, because, like, at the time, Jack and I were sort of liaising a lot with with um, the label about, like, social media posting, you know, just doing the posting and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think we were both talking and going like god you know how's this gonna go down like yeah not just because of like the length you know but it's it's a very unusual song um and i wouldn't say that it certainly until certainly for the first you know minute or so i don't think it necessarily is a is a sound wise like a quintessential white lies song it's it it, it it opens the record and it, and it and it kicked off this whole new sort of era for us with quite a different flavor i think like even just that how the keyboards the sound of the keyboards of the Wurlitzer and and how they're played in that kind of eighth note pattern it's not very white lies like yeah. we don't really have a song like that before no, um, really it's very you know it's kind of 70s and a bit sort of super trampy or something and yeah. um, but personally i think like it's a it's it's one of my most proudest moments like i'm not you know if i might be a bit early to say like to rank the song in in our back catalog but i'm just yeah. i'm really proud of us for like release of kind of pushing to release it first um and i think the reaction was so overwhelmingly positive it was like 98% positive yeah. um and i was genuinely expecting fit like straight down the middle 50-50 <laughs> um <laughs> that I was kind of like, yeah, I was really blown away. Um, and still when I listened to it, um, I think, damn, this is really good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jack, do you remember those like, talks you had with Charles about it? Or yeah, I think we were just like, Charles was saying, like, I mean, a lot of it was to do with like, how do you, you as a band after a decade, try and like, I don't really like over, over intellectualizing it, but like, because at the end of the day, I think it's just a really good song. But actually, yeah. how do you, how do you like, reframe how people think about you after 10 years because people have an, op an opinion of what you are after 10 years rightly or wrongly they've formed an idea of you know and a lot of people will still hear the name white lies and go oh yeah the goths who did like death. <laughs> like that's what like a lot of people would remember mm. as our band so actually it's quite important um when you've done something that's a creative milestone for whatever reason and for us it felt like a creative milestone when we finished it like yeah in this day and age you know this time in our career like go with that push it and and it's it, as well as being a really good way to like open this chapter of this this album um, and it was never it, you know it's quite a bold decision as well to open an album anyway because people's attention spans are so short these days it's been a really fun way to open the set on this tour because it's you know it's it's an introduction like it feels like everything comes in and introduces yeah introduces the band in a way that we don't usually do yeah. and like there's Harry, there's a little keyboard moment and Harry comes in and Charles and I come in and it builds towards something over a, over a long period of time and yeah Charles is right it was, it was a 
it was something that was nerve-wracking and I remember sitting on the evening before we released it thinking like I remember having like the actual the level of doubt of being like oh, I think we might fuck this <laughs> <laughs> I actually think this might be the wrong decision and like yeah. we've got Tokyo in the bag like that's a huge track people are going to love Tokyo yeah. Everyone, all of our fans will love that not a problem which is good yeah. and like I remember on the day like on the evening having the level of doubt being like oh I'm really wondering if we should <laughs> if we should change this up but yeah. I already said it to Spotify by then you can't do anything oh, um, but yeah, it was good. It was great. It's really good. Like, do you know what's really nice? And I mean this in the most unpatronising way possible. But I'm really glad that our fans were like open enough to embrace it as a as a track as well. Yeah. Because it would be very easy for a lot of our fans uh, who like the singles to be like, well, "What is this about? Why have you done this? Why have you disappeared off your own arse and done a seven minute song with yeah. one thousand key changes at the end? Like, why have you done that?" Um, but actually, they were all really open to to hearing something new from us and maybe yeah, like I said after after 10 years maybe it's a, a good opportunity for us to show a bit more of our range and there were songs on things like Ritual like we listened to it on the bus on the US tour oh, sorry on the U European tour a few months ago when we were drunk one night we were just playing some songs <laughs> off Ritual and we're like some really some really tracks that we found really boring on this album but there's like two or three album tracks on that record which is so good and actually the brave thing to would have been at that point, knowing that we had bigger than us, would have been to come out with something maybe that changed changed people's perception again, like peace mm -hmm. and quiet or something, or you know tracks like that, which which have since been overlooked maybe slightly. And yeah. um, I think by doing it this way, we we stopped people overlooking it. We said like you're gonna have to listen to this song if you want to get to the rest of the album. Mm -hmm. So yeah, s strap yourself in. I love yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, and I, I wanted to ask, ask about Tokyo. Thanks for bringing that song up because <laughs> something I love about this tune is that it feels like a classic White Lies tune, but it encapsulates all the growth we were talking about earlier that we found on Big TV and Friends and now on this album. I mean, how did it feel to work on this tune? Like, Harry, do you remember what that day was like? Or? Um, yeah, I think um, I, I, rem I remember working on the track quite clearly, and I think Charles had the, the sort of melody idea for the chorus. And I, and I remember just playing some like really basic chords and I think we found ourselves doing that more and more in songs like just using using just the three most basic chords you can use in a chorus of the song which is the, the tonic and the fourth and the fifth and then Charles had this um, melody idea that was really kind of off kilter and, and syncopated and unusual and mm -hmm. it just jumped out straight away and I think we knew that we had a good chorus um, immediately but it took us a very very long time to write the verse and to get the rest yeah. of the song written um, and it was a tricky song to write, um, but yeah, I think I think we it was one of those songs on the album that we knew straight away. You know, this is what this song is going to sound like, it, and, it, and it it felt like it had, you know, it 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 just felt very very sort of cheesy classic eighties rock, kind of rich eighties rock, you know, mm. like Hall and Oates or something, something like that. And um, and and it was really, you know, once we realised that and and kind of started working on it we realized that 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 was what we were going to make and it was really fun to make that in the studio like everything every decision we made on, on that track every part that we added every sound that we added had to fit with that mold and and you know really i think deep down white lies have always desperate have always been desperate to to make music like that like that's something that we've always really admired yeah, you know. yeah. so yeah so it's a great great song to work on. i saw a guy in one of our shows the other week in europe 
near really near the front just wearing a Toto t-shirt and I was like yeah. we're on the right track <laughs> <laughs> my guy it's like okay but those people buy tickets you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I normally don't do this on this show but I feel like it's just no worth noting I mean I noticed that the video hit a million views on YouTube I mean yeah, yeah. I, saw yeah. That I, didn't, I didn't know that yeah, yeah. that's great Guys, like, the reason I bring that up is, like, what's it, and it's, it goes back to what you were saying before, John, about, like, being around for, like, 10, 10 plus years. I mm. mean, what's it feel like to know you could still do that? Don't, aren't you meant to get one of those badge things when you get a million views on YouTube? I you don't think that. Yeah. 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 I'm from the Queen. I'm to get something. At least the minor royal. Harry's going to call YouTube right after this interview. No, maybe that's a subscriber count. It's probably, a, it's probably a billion. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. I, mean, I mean, to be honest, like, billion, small, <laughs> yeah, Bieber knocks out in about yeah. three hours. I was yeah. going to say, like, <laughs> it took us three yeah. months. You know, but, like, well, I had to make our own one. It's really nice. Couple the kids to- buying each other's fingers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> T- Tokyo's like um, had a bit of a moment for us in in Europe, and I think that's a big part of it. I imagine that a huge amount of those plays are from people who've heard the song on the radio in like mm. the Netherlands. Or and it's a fun video as well. And really it's a fun video. It's a really good video. Yeah. It's a really beautiful but, um, new video as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, it's a great video, but it's it, it does feel good. It feels good to like have a have a moment like that after after a few years. And that song is, I think, pushing boundaries in terms of what we have potential like commercially after ten years in a way that that we haven't had since probably bigger than us um, in terms of like it having the potential to be a crossover song I like I can imagine hearing it on the radio and not and it wouldn't surprise me in the same way and I just love that we've I love that that's happened for us and to us like completely on our own terms like it would have been you know I actually think in many ways it would have been totally acceptable for us to do what a lot of bands of different kinds have done in the past which is to reach a certain point you know quite a few years into a career and then just kind of go oh fuck it let's just do a collab with with some big pop writer or like get Max Martin to write us a song or you know whatever and or just retire I mean I'm not, compa- I'm, not <laughs> I'm not comparing us at all but with a band like Maroon 5 or whatever like I remember being a teenager and I mean I've no offence but I've always hated their music but I remember, <laughs> I remember being a teenager and hearing hearing them when they had that this love song or whatever and, you know, it, was, it was indie really it was like yeah. an indie thing and then when I think it was like in a gym or something that I heard moves like Jagger and I was like what the hell like what have they done like what the, you know and we could have done something okay not like moves like Jagger but we could have done something with just the only aim being to have a radio song or something like that um, so I'm really really pleased that that Tokyo okay look it's not like it hasn't been like a top 10 single but it has relatively done probably the, for it's, us it's done really it's probably well, performed yeah. it's probably the best performing song since Bigger Than Us that's beautiful um, and I think that's just, just just really wonderful and you know yeah like the video is it's not a, like a normal it's not a particularly conventional music video either in fact it's pretty damn off the walls so <laughs> all of these things considered it just feels good to be at a place 10 years in where our integrity is completely intact and we're having a little taste of the glory at the same time um, and, and I think that actually I'm not saying that it makes a huge difference but it, it's a nice little pat on the back like it feels good to be kind of you know to feel vaguely relevant um, especially when you're looking at you know 
a lot of a lot of new you're looking at sort of festival lineups and things like that and and where it's so dominated by by very new music like of course ve what is very new will always be interesting and more interesting than what's been around for a while so it feels like that we're allowed we're we're you know allowed to be in the same arena as some of that stuff in, with those kind of numbers and and whatever on on the on the video cam like it's so talk to me about the approach of the artwork, because I always feel like you guys do a really good job of having quite interesting artwork with your albums, and this yeah. kind of variance of braille pattern you have is really cool. Tell me about that. We, uh, we, in this situation, we like we had really little time, to be honest. We had like no time um, to sort anything out. So um, it was a little bit frantic. We kind of finished recording the album, and we, you know, we knew when we, we wanted to release it, so um, we just had to kind of uh, panic a little bit, but, um, <laughs> so but um, yeah, I think we were we were uh, erring towards the idea of doing something graphic again, albeit different from, from Friends, um, and um, to be honest with you, I think at one day I was just like, I was, I took a day out um, to go to various like bookshops and libraries and stuff and just look through a few random art books and at one point found this this Cobra graph alphabet um, and pretty much just just sent that just like just said hey does anyone know about this alphabet it just looks really nice yeah. um, and um, as we always like when we work with designers we usually start off with like they usually send back a PDF with like 15 completely different initial approaches you know so and um, I forget what the other ones were, but, but it just so happened that the one that was using the Cobra Graph immediately looked quite promising. And so we all kind of gave that a thumbs up, at least to pursue. And, and luckily it, it just got better and better. Um, and really the, the, um, the major decision making was to do with sort of color schemes and stuff like that. You know, there was a lot of different colors floating around um, and I think you know it's 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 meant that it's very very cohesive and everything looks kind of pretty good next to each other and you know it's it's one of those rare times where I kind of like the Spotify interface where you can kind of yeah. have a, where you have a look at all the releases that we've done recently and all the singles and you know it, it just it just fits really well together whereas on I feel like on some of the past records not on Friends we did well on Friends but on some of the past ones we found ourselves like a great album cover and then we're like oh crap like we've got to do like five different single <laughs> or you know EPs and like bonus yeah. discs and things like that and you find yourself scrambling for, for those things a little bit so I would definitely say it's it's um, it's good when thinking about artwork in general just to remember that you it's not just the album cover you're going to have to do and so um, luckily with something so versatile as, as an, uh, you know and as graphic as what, as what we chose um you can basically just keep flipping it around and mixing it up and doing different colours and different layouts and yeah. it's meant that you know all the tour posters and the, and the vinyl and the, even just like uh, lyric videos and stuff on, on YouTube um, they all just look really beautiful and, and I, you know I, I think very obviously part of this album campaign which is great yeah that's massive um, I have to let you run here but before I do um, I tend to feel like uh, the numbers uh question it's like, like like the way people tend to ask questions has to be almost by the numbers but i think what's very amazing about getting to talk to you a lot now is that 
I've been following you guys for a while now. You've been around for a fucking long time. Yeah. You've been in the studio and touring a lot. And it's a beautiful thing. And I think so what's really cool is like, so you're here in New York, you're about to be playing Irving Plaza, you just came from Europe. Mm. Tell me, when you were in Europe and you were playing live, I mean, do you ever find yourselves feeling like you're learning something different about your band while touring? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and learning as well how to, how to play better and how to yeah. perform better, for sure. Like, I think it's one of the best... I think it's one of the best things about me being a musician as opposed to being um, an artist, let's say, or a writer. Um, when, when an artist is, is working uh, you know, on a painting, when, when they finish, it's final and, and it's uneditable. You know, you're like, once you've sold it and put it out into the world, you can't go back and tinker with it. Whereas when you play music live, it's a great opportunity to tinker almost every day. And I think you, always, all, you find things in the songs and in your performances that just make it a little bit better all the time. And it's great, like, when you notice it in a show and you notice it, you think to yourself after the show, oh, that, that little tiny change that I made to that song, like, you know, for, you know, in, for example, in, in my own playing, like, just a, just the way I might play a guitar part, like, even if it's just changing from, from picking just with downstrokes to, to maybe mixing up and chucking a few upstrokes in there or something like that, like, really tiny changes. And you think back to the show and think, oh, that was really cool. That, that, like it really works for me and it sounded really cool I think with the in the context of the band and the song and um, and you just make these little incremental changes all the time and, and, it, and it kind of improves the song and improves the performance as you play it's like it's almost a shame that you can't record the album after you toured it for a year actually because <laughs> I think it would be way way better but um but yeah like uh, yeah I think I think we're always learning more about more about ourselves and our music and, and our band the more that, the more that we play for sure and yeah and, and you know I guess we learn more about each other. I don't know what else there is to learn, really, after having spent so much time together. But, but we kind of do. Someone, yeah. someone said the other day. I can't remember if it was in person or, like, a message or something. And someone just said, um, someone just said after a show, like, you know, I've watched you f since kind of since the start, and and you guys. I think they were talking actually about some of the songs on the first album. They were like, they were like, oh, you guys play those songs so much better now than you did when I you know when I was following you when that album was released and you were touring and stuff and that's so nice to hear like and I, you know I would agree with I would agree with that as well like well it's great that you see um, it as a compliment yeah, yeah. Slower. No, I think. yeah we do yeah we're, we're <laughs> a lot out, that's yeah, one thing I noticed is you, I think all of our music's got slower over the years. Yeah, <laughs> the, temp the tempos have come down as it's we've got you're, older. Well, you're just shit scared when you're younger as well, and you just oh yeah. come on, just like get <laughs> just get through it, yeah. like. So, but I think even in our songwriting, you know, like it's maybe yeah, like the tempos have come down a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I think we have to consciously write faster songs now. Like we do. Message me, Joe. Like we all, well, like, we always. That's well, what whenever we, we, yeah. whenever we. Whenever there's a song like that on the album, we've always made a, a conscious de decision to write a fast song. Actually, yeah, and we have to do that. Now. And those ones keep getting faster. Yeah. So. True. Yeah. Just Jack, the one, one Jack, or two keeps, Jack gets more of a battering each yeah. <laughs> each yeah. album, basically. Yeah. yeah true. To make up for all our sort of. <laughs> chill, yeah. chill rock on the yeah. rest of it. Yeah. yeah. Guys, thanks so much for time. Hey, oh, pleasure. 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 pleasure.